Welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry. Jesus once told Satan that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. We invite you to study the scriptures with us to learn about the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Our pastor is Mr. Jeremy Visser from Brooks, Georgia. You can contact us with your questions and comments at covenantpeoplesministry.org or simply write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia 30205. If you desire, you can also follow us on YouTube and Twitter. We would like to hear from you, and we pray in the name of Jesus Christ that His will will continue to reign upon us all. Once again, welcome to the Covenant People's Ministry, and here is Pastor Visser with our next Bible study. Hello again, faithful friends, and thank you for joining me for my look into Yahshua Messiah's parable of the candle. It's my intention to take a look at his parable of the candle from all four Gospels and prove that Yahshua was teaching not only on common sense that we should let our lights shine before men and we should tell the truth about what we know from Scripture, but also that he claimed to be the Logos in that process. And so, this evening, we're going to begin by turning to Luke chapter 8. And it is here where Yahshua gives his parable of the lighted candle. He says in Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 16, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, cover it with a vessel, or putteth it under a bed, but setteth it on a candlestick, that they which enter in may see the light. For nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Take heed, therefore, how ye hear, for whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Now, there's so much that could be expounded upon right here. But Christ begins this parable by saying, No man, that is, no man possessing common sense, when he lights a candle, will cover it over. Why? Because that defeats the purpose of lighting a candle. We light a candle because we desire to see. And it was Yahshua Messiah who would preach in parable form. And the reason for that was many people were not given eyes to see or ears to hear. Now that ties perfectly into this parable, because Christ says no man, when he lights that candle, will cover it with a vessel or put it under a bed. But what they do do is they'll put it on a candlestick that they which enter in to that particular person's house or church or abode, will see the light. And so, for this upcoming year in 2016, it's my advice that we let our lights shine. Christ teaches so much here. But we must understand that in the old days, a candlestick was in the form of a lamp. And I'm going to prove that this evening. 
Because from the Old Testament to the New Testament, we see this terminology of candle and or lamp. And they're basically taken from the same exact primitive root. And ironically, that primitive root means white and or glistening. But he also says, nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest. Neither anything hid that shall not be made known and come abroad. Now, for many years, I took comfort within this statement of Yahshua because I believed that the wicked would get their comeuppance, that this would happen in judgment. But I have found as I grow that 90% of the time, and this is just my own estimation, but the truth comes to light while men and women live. And by that I mean a man can spend his entire life lying and building a house of cards. But that house of proverbial cards will always fall. And it will usually fall later in life when that person should be doing everything they can do to get right with Yahshua. But instead, those who are wicked and those who have to have their sins made manifest, well, they usually will fight tooth and nail to defend their sins unto death. And this is extremely disappointing. Nothing is secret that shall not be made manifest, neither anything hid that shall not be known and come abroad. Now, naturally, this, of course, applies to judgment because all things are stripped to bear in judgment. Every accounting, every idle word that you have spoken will be played back for you, if you will, in remembrance. But take comfort in the fact that a majority of the wicked men and women that you've known throughout life Their sins cannot remain secrets forever. And even if they do leave this earth without their sins being voiced abroad, they will be found wanting in judgment. Christ says, take heed, a polite way of saying beware, or take heed unto yourselves. So, this is a tactic that each and every one of us should apply to our Christian walk. And he says, take heed therefore how ye hear. In my estimation, an extremely important statement. Because Christ is reiterating the importance of guarding how, and more importantly, what it is that we hear. Why? Well, the reason for that should be self-apparent. Faith comes by hearing, according to the Word of God. And if faith comes by hearing, then it stands to reason that our lack of faith is directly affected by what we hear. Thus, Christ commands us and says, Take heed, therefore, and what? Be careful how you hear. In short, do not listen to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. There are many men and women out there, in my estimation, who exist solely to draw you aside from the truth of God's word and the simplicity that is within Christ. Christ says, take heed how you hear. Why? For whosoever hath to him shall be given, and whosoever hath not from him shall be taken, even that which he seemeth to have. Now at first glance, that statement may appear to be unfair. But notice the usage of seemeth to have. Because I also have found within my life that there are two forms of riches. There are those that are truly 
blessed and truly rich. They have a virtuous wife. They have children. They have much livestock. Or they have increase in the spring from their gardens. Their houses are paid for and they drive older cars. This, in my estimation, is truly rich. And then there are those, dear kinsfolk, who are ghetto fabulous. They are they who make a dime or a quick buck and they go directly out and they spend it on self or outward appearances. They seemingly never can pay off their car or their home. They live from paycheck to paycheck and they want the world to see them as something they are not. These are they who seem to have something but do not have it. And therefore, Christ can say, be careful how you hear. Because, for whosoever hath, to him shall be given. In context of careful how you hear, or take heed therefore how you hear. So what you hear, what bit of truth you have, guard it. And whosoever hath not, relating to the word of God, this is a divine law, that Whosoever is dishonest and evasive of truth or the word of God, and anyone who seeks for excuses not to accept and obey it, he will always revert to darkness and fallacy on the extreme end. And so it stands. Christ says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, covers it with a vessel. Now, The reason he would make this analogy is because the old lamp stands, if you will, had a mirror-like reflective substance on them. So when a man lit that candle and put it within a lamp stand, it would reflect outward. Common sense. We want more light. And thus is the Christian walk. Light, when we have the ability to see and the word of God becomes clear, share that. That is what Christ is saying. No man, when he lights a candle, or that candle is lit within you from a sound preacher, covers it, hides it up, and tries to obscure it. And so it stands. Here in Luke chapter 8, we looked at one take of Yahshua Messiah's parable of the candle. And here I feel it's appropriate to turn to the gospel according to Matthew. And in St. Matthew, chapter 5, beginning in verse 13, Christ says, Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out, and to be trodden underfoot of men. Verse 14, Yahshua says, Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on in hell, cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it gives light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father, which is in heaven." That is why Christ says that we should not allow our lights to be quenched. And he tells us also to guard what and how we hear. Extremely imperative for our Christian walk. 
Because if Christ is to say, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, then that denotes that our good works are a form of light. And not only that, that our good works glorify our Father, which is in heaven. Who's that? That's Yahweh God. Now, in modern Christendom, they will come in and tell you that the law is done away with. That you do not have to follow the moralistic law of God from the Old Testament. But you will see, if you continue reading in the next two verses, that that's not the case. Christ, in context, is teaching on the salt of the earth. That's you and I. But if we lose our savor, how shall the earth be salted? Well, it can't be. And that is why Yahweh God calls up preachers, oftentimes, who are salty, who will not tell you what you want to hear, but tell you what the Word of God means. And the Word of God does not say that the law is done away with. Hear me, dear kinsfolk. Christ says, let your light shine before men that they may see your good works. Right? Next verse. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Now, imagine the irony of this because your false prophet will come in and tell you the law is done away with, you don't have to follow it. Christ says, until heaven and earth pass, not one jot nor tittle. That's a dotting of an I or a crossing of a T shall pass from the law of God till all be fulfilled. Meaning that as long as heaven and earth are still in existence, and I assure you, dear kids folk, that this earth is still rotating on its axes, the law of God is in effect. And Christ taught no different. In fact, here in verse 17, when he makes this statement, think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets? That is a commandment. A commandment meaning that it is a sin to even think that Christ's purpose on earth was to do away with God's moralistic law that he himself taught. And not only that, the Old Testament prophets. So, if your church is telling you, hey, don't read the Old Testament, don't familiarize yourself with the law of God, you're being lied to Because right here in Matthew, Christ reiterated what he already covered in Luke chapter 8. And that is that men do not light a candle for the purpose of hiding it, obscuring it. The reason I preach, dear kinsfolk, is to light a fire within you. And hopefully shed light upon areas of scripture that you're unfamiliar with or haven't heard before, haven't been taught before. And I'm by no means an expert. I'm merely sharing the light that Yahweh God has bestowed upon me with others. What am I doing in this process? Well, it's my hope that I'm letting my light so shine before other men. And in this upcoming year, let's all be extremely careful to do that. To do what? That is, let our light shine. If people come to you and they ask you a question about the Word of God, be honest with them. On the same token, do not go door to door and become a general nuisance trying to sell Christ to people who may not have eyes to see or ears to hear. 
because we're about to prove right here who that light is. And you would think, based on this one statement right here, ye are the light of the world, that we, the Israelites, would be that light. But we're not the sole source of light. For example, let me give you an analogy. The sun puts off light. This is a proven fact. This is scientific. The moon, however, does not possess the ability to put off any light, but merely reflects the light of the sun. Big difference. In Scripture, the sun equates to who? Yahshua Messiah. But the moon always equates to lunacy, or things pertaining to the lunar calendar. In short, it's the devil. And the devil is a pale representation. But, Notwithstanding, he is outwardly reflecting by default Yahshua's light because he has no light within him. He is not the light of the world. Israel is. And there is a reason for that. So please turn with me to the Gospel of St. Mark. Next book over, chapter 4. Beginning in verse 21, the narrative says, And he said unto them, Is a candle brought to be put under a bushel or under a bed, and not to be set on a candlestick? For there is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Neither was anything kept a secret, but that it should come abroad. If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. And he said unto them, Take heed, what ye hear. With what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. And unto you that hear, shall more be given. For he that hath, to him shall be given. And he that hath not, from him shall be taken, even that which he hath. Now did you notice the context, especially in light of what we covered already? Christ says here in the Gospel according to St. Mark chapter 4, much like he does in Luke and Matthew. But he adds several points, and I want to point those out. He says, There is nothing hid which shall not be manifested. Do you believe it? Nothing. And while many things of the Word of God may be hidden and obscured, they're always there in plain sight. Understand that. Yahweh God has a yardstick, and it is the Word of God. That Word of God, or that light. This is why Yahshua would say, If any man have ears to hear, let him hear. On the same token, only Yahshua can give somebody eyes to see, correct? So, if one day you're reading in John chapter 8, and something makes more sense to you, it's not as if the Word of God changed. It's that your perception changed, because the Word of God is pregnant. Here a little, there a little. And precept must be upon precept. And if you keep everything in its proper order, you will continually grow. You will have what? Ears to hear and eyes to see. But notice that Yahshua says, Let him who have ears to hear, let him hear. Right before he says, Take heed what you hear. Thank you for listening to the Covenant People's Ministry broadcast. If you have enjoyed hearing the message of the gospel and would like to be a part of our fellowship, 
or receive quarterly newsletters where you can order Pastor Visser's CD sermons, be sure to write to us at CPM, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. You can also visit us on the web at covenantpeoplesministry.net, where our extensive audio section features numerous broadcasts, or you can easily listen to Pastor Visser by Godcast through your mobile audio device. Our sermons and videos are made possible by your tithes and offerings. If you wish to support this ministry, make checks or money orders payable to Covenant People's Ministry. Your donations help us to reach the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wherever they may be found. Remember that Jesus Christ is our all, and is in all that have been renewed in His Holy Spirit. So we hope that you will allow Him to lead your life and help to build His church, so that when He returns, you will find faith upon this earth. We urge you to be a living example of Christian faith and apply His words to your lives. It has been a pleasure to have you with us, and now we will return to Pastor Visser's Bible study message. But notice that Yahshua says, Let him who have ears to hear, let him hear. Right before he says, Take heed what you hear. Why? This is why. For which measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you. What does this mean? You reap what you sow. And so much more, dear kinsfolk. Understand what Christ is saying in judgment. If you walk around and wrongfully label somebody that is accepted of Yahweh God, you just rendered or meted, if you will, your own judgment. Why? For which measure ye meet, it shall be measured unto you. If in life you are an unruly bastard and you rob everyone everywhere you go and you withhold the workman from his wages, guess what? You will reap what you sow. Why? Because there's nothing hidden. Nothing, period. Everything you've done, or even those things that you've kept in secret, will come to light. And, down here in man's kingdom, if you will, they've gotten much better with this. Even in the uh, regards of crime, for example. With forensics and DNA, etc. Is it good or bad? That's a study for another day. But the point is is that many times men do evil things and they run 20, 40, 60, 80 years their entire life to only find themselves on their deathbed and all of their secrets laid bare. Or they find themselves in judgment and they find themselves wanting. And this is the reason why. For he that hath in context to the light their portion of the word of God, you and I, dear kinsfolk, For what portion of the word of God you have, to him it shall be given. You can increase, but to him that hath not, to him that comes along and says the law is done away with, to him who says the word is not apropos to his life, well, that shall be taken from him, even that which he hath. And I suppose I don't need to go on record right here and point out that this has common sense elements to it. I've seen men in their pursuit of trying to go after riches or position within work. And in the process, they lose their children or they lose their wife. Or I've seen them ship their children off to public school and then they suddenly scratch their head and they wonder why Billy or Jessica come back and they're suddenly liberal within their belief. Men reaps what they sow. Understand that Christ taught no different. 
But he taught in the context that if you're given a bit of truth, and you want to have more truth, not that bit of truth you have taken from you, you better let your light shine before men. I want to point out that what I do, what people like Dr. Wickstrom and even Bertrand Compare and Wesley Swift, the men who came before, did, was not anything necessarily special. Understand that concept. Every man, woman, and child are called of Yahweh God to testify, to prophesy. But some of us do this for a living. Be that as it may, let's turn back to the Gospel according to Luke. However, this time, we're going to be looking at chapter 11. And in chapter 11, beginning in verse 33, Christ says, No man, when he hath lighted a candle, putteth it in a secret place, neither under a bushel, but on a candlestick, that they which come in may see the light. The light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thy eye is single, thy whole body also is full of light. But when thine eye is evil, thy body also is full of darkness. Take heed, therefore, that the light which is in thee be not darkness. If thy whole body therefore be full of light, having no part dark, the whole shall be full of light, as when the bright shining of a candle doth give thee light. Wow, huh, dear kinsfolk, because Christ says, take heed, not how you hear in this context, in Luke chapter 11, in this rendering, but he says, take heed therefore that the light which is in thee it's not darkness. And I've taught countless times that man can deceive themselves. They can take one bit of truth. And albeit many of these things that Judeo-Christians preach are truth. But then they run with it. And they make a religion out of it. And that's the be-all, end-all of their faith. That one little bit of light that was given them. John 3.16, Romans chapter 8, verse 28, whatever it is, the 23rd Psalm. Christ says, take heed, once again, beware, that the light which you accept, or the light that abides within you, is not darkness. I want to point out that Satan and his ministers can transform themselves into angels of what? Light. And we should not marvel at that. If we listen to Satan and his bogus, sham, false prophets, we run the risk of accepting light that is darkness. Now, it would seem at first the two are diametrically opposed because when a room is completely dark and you flick the light on, well, that darkness is gone. Or is it? It still exists. However, in other areas, under tables, in cabinets, in drawers, etc., also, I want to point out here, the light of the body is the eye. Therefore, when thine eye is single. What's this word single in the Greek? It's aplos. It means simple, single, whole, good, sound. It's only used here and in Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. 
But understand, Christ is saying, when your eye is centered, singled, if you will, on the prize, on the truth, your whole body can be full of light. But when thine eye is evil, when you turn your heart from serving God, in tonight's study rendered good works, or we say that the law is done away with, well, our whole body is full of darkness. Now, is there a common everyday analogy we can sprinkle this to? Yes, of course, the body of Christ. And in dealing with the body or the church body, understand that if that church body is focused on the light, the light of the world, them being Israelites, as we've proven, being part of the light of the world, or understanding that Yahshua Messiah himself is that light of the world, then that entire body can be full of light. They can read the word of God, they can understand the deeper truths. But, if they come in and they're antinomian, and they say the law is done away with, their eye is evil, the entire congregation will be no different. It will be a congregation and an assembly of hypocrites and liars. Turn with me to St. John as we wind the study down. While we're right here in the New Testament, Christ makes an awesome statement in John chapter 8. And the structure of John chapter 8 is very simple. The first half of it is him dealing with the woman taken in adultery. The last half of John chapter 8 is Christ dealing with the unbelieving Jews. And in John 8.44, of course, he says, Ye are from beneath, I am from above. Ye are from your father, the devil, etc. However, right here, in the Gospel according to St. John, in chapter 8, verse 12, Christ says, I am the light of the world. He that follows me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Two points. Yahshua is the light of the world. And if he is our head, then we as the what body in context will be full of light. Correct? And if we ourselves are full of light, then guess what? We have the light of life. We're truly living because we have everlasting life. Do you understand the analogy Christ gave? That is, I am, or the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning, the end, the great I am, Yahweh God. But not only that, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness. Now there's much more to that statement than on its surface, is there not? On its surface, Christ is saying, if you believe in me, you're not going to walk around like an ignoramus, like many of these jackasses do. But also, when you read it in context, you understand that the eye being single causes the entire body to be full of light. So, understand this concept as well. Christ says, I am the light of the world. In the beginning, God said, let there be light. Correct? Everybody knows this story. It's found in Genesis. Who do you think that light was? Well... Christ just gave you the answer. He says, I am the light of the world. 
Now before we move very quickly to the Old Testament to drive home a few more points on this beautiful parable of the candle as Christ has given it, I want to point out that the word candle in every instance as we've covered it from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tonight is taken from the Strong's Concordance number Greek 3088. And the word is loknos, and it means a lamp. Straightforwardly, a lamp. So whether you use the analogy of a lamp or a candle, it means the same thing, because a candle goes on a what? A lamp stand. A reflective, mirrored surface. So that light will reflect outward. And this is the analogy of the truth of God's word, the truth of who God's people are, and the truth of Yahshua Messiah, who said, I am the light of the world. Understand that Luknos means lamp, and it's taken from a base word meaning white. However, in the next two instances that I am about to give you, technically three, in the Hebrew, it's number 5216, and it means straightforwardly, a lamp, or neira in the Hebrew, meaning to glisten or to reflect. So without a doubt, whether it's Hebrew or Greek, we're dealing with the same analogy. A candle or a light. Okay? That should be common sense. At the times of Christ, they did not have electric light. So, candle, lamp, equate to the same exact thing scripturally. And with that in mind, please turn to the 119th Psalm. Most of you are familiar with the 119th Psalm because it's the longest psalm in the entire book of Psalms. It's placed next to the shortest psalm, ironically, in the entire book of Psalms. But the 119th psalm deals solely with the truth of God's word. God's word. So remember this concept. In Psalm 119, verse 105, we can read, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I have sworn, and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. Interesting, is it not? The word of God is the context. And not only is the word of God the context, but here we're instructed by wise King David, that the word of God is what? A lamp unto my feet. Let there be light in the beginning, correct? John chapter 1 verse 1 begins on the premise that in the beginning was the what? The Word, the Logos. And that Word was with God, and that Word was God. And so, there's a much deeper meaning to even this. Yes, this Word of God is a lamp unto our feet. It guides us into the proper path. If we apply it, If we're able to see it, have eyes to see, correct? And Christ lights it for us, being the most important part of all. So we see that the Word is the light, correct? But yet Christ said in John chapter 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. And Christ is who? The living Word. And so you see, if you will, a perfect trinity here. While we're here in the book of Psalms, turn to Psalm 18. 
And in Psalm 18.28, you can read straightforwardly, quote, For thou wilt light my candle, Yahweh my God will enlighten my darkness. So who's the light? Yahweh God, Yahshua Messiah, the Word. And all three of these are one, just as it says in the book of Revelation. Now, right there in Psalm 18:28, For thou wilt light my candle, Yahweh my God will enlighten my darkness. And one of the most interesting things about this statement is I have heard many commentaries on the 18th Psalm, but I've never heard anyone apply this to who actually said it. So in conclusion of tonight's study on Yahshua's parable of the candle, turn with me to the second book of Samuel in the Old Testament. And in the second book of Samuel, you're going to hear something eerily similar. In fact, completely verbatim to what we just read in Psalm 18, 28. 2 Samuel, chapter 22, verse 29. It says, For thou art my lamp, O Yahweh, and Yahweh will lighten my darkness. Do you see the similarities? Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 29. For thou, Yahweh God, art my lamp. Yahweh will lighten my darkness. Psalm 18, verse 28 says, For thou wilt light my candle. Yahweh my God will enlighten my darkness. So who said it? King David. He says it here in the book of Samuel, and it ultimately ends up being transcribed by King David in the 18th Psalm, verse 28. What does this prove? Well, it proves that the book of 2 Samuel and Psalm, being identical in that regard, were obviously penned by the same author, or at least, this is one more proof. In a long list of proofs that the Word of God is divinely inspired. And so, dear kinsfolk, let your light shine before men. If I've taught you anything, share it with your family, share it with your friends. It doesn't mean they'll be receptive. But understand that it requires Yahshua, the living word, to give them eyes to see. And then it requires this, the printed word, to light them in their guided path. To be that lamp, so that they also can build their faith upon it. And then ultimately, finally, the third step is the realization that all of those are God, the Word, Yahshua, and Yahweh. All three are one. And so, until next time, dear kinsfolk, this is Pastor Visser from Brooks, Georgia, in the heart of the Dirty South and the Covenant People's Church. Wanting to thank each and every one of you because I'm truly blessed and truly thankful that I actually have a handful of supporters. I do know that Yahweh God has led those men and women to me. And so, my advice to you, let your light shine. I'm thankful for each and every one of you and your support that you've given throughout the years. 
This is Pastor Visser. Until next time, war for Christ. Amen. Covenant People's Ministry. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope that you have enjoyed studying with us. Remember the words that Christ has given, that wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. We hope that you will gather together with us at the online ministry's website, which is covenantpeoplesministry.com, and share your Christian testimonies or ask questions and enjoy biblical fellowship. You can also order CDs of Pastor Visser's Bible Studies and enjoy many other Christian resources through the church's website or write to Covenant People's Ministry, Post Office Box 256, Brooks, Georgia, 30205. We thank you for your prayers and offerings and pray that all of you have been touched by these messages and continue to spread the word of the gospel with your friends and family. Thanks again and may the love of Christ abide in you and yours forever and ever. Amen.